Hey guys, Raf here. Before we jump into the episode, I have a quick little ad read for you, but I know you're going to like it because while it's been a long, strange summer without live music, you can still enjoy the sounds and story of one of the greatest touring bands of all time, The Grateful Dead. You know those guys, right? This new box set, you can take a trip through four studio and four live albums that transport the listener across the band's career. It includes design by Jeremy Dean, along with deluxe liner notes and photos by celebrated Grateful Dead photographers, as well as essays from Jim James of My Morning Jacket, A.V. Tear from Animal Collective, Hunter Brown from STS9, and many, many more. Uh, I know the collectors want the stats, so it is pressed on high-quality 180-gram vinyl. It's in a kaleidoscope of hues. It's got those heavyweight tip-on jackets. It's an absolute essential for any Grateful Dead fan, just like you and me. So head on over to Vinyl Me Please and check it out. You can go to anthology.vinylmeplease.com. Go enjoy. You deserve it. Hey, you. Welcome to Three from the Seven, Relics' weekly news podcast chronicling three of the biggest news stories from the last seven days. It's me, your girl, Raph Kenny Sincata, you already know, and I am joined by the one, the only, the fortuitous, the incomparable, the beautiful, the badass, oh. Karina Reichman. Hey! Wow, Raph, you had me at you already know about yourself, and then just sidelined me with all the nice things about me. I just can't, <laughs> even, I can't even hang, dude. I can't even hang. Hi! Hello. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> now that now that the flattery is done with, how are you, Karina? Ah, <laughs> oh, you know, we got to get the flattery out of the way. I'm I'm well, you know, all things aside, I can truly say I'm pretty well. Like what the fuck, dude? It's all uh you know, the stuff in the world is uh questionable, but I personally am doing all right and uh you know, just chop, chopping away at the bit over here, doing, uh, I'm recording music, playing music, doing stuff, you know, making the best of it. I got a, I got a song coming out on Friday, Raph. Yes, it's called, perfect. It's, it's called Dirty South, because the original working title, when we first wrote it, was Dirty South Crunk Funk. And I decided to just, you know, do away with some of those words and, <laughs> and leave it at dirty But still repeat south. them here. <laughs> exactly. No, I just want everybody to know, or, you know, the etymology of dirty south. <laughs> the creative process is really, we're getting yeah. an inside look here. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So uh, I'm, I'm very excited about that. It feels good to be breathing uh, music into the world, giving birth to, uh, you know, my children of choice, songs. And uh, it's just great, man. We're doing, uh, we're doing okay. And what about yourself? What's going on on the West Coast, my uh, West Coast friend? I'm well. I'm very good. I'm glad to hear that, you know, obviously uh, the, the Karina Reichman factory is up and running. You have new studio space. There's a new song. It's very exciting stuff over there. Meanwhile, here on the West Coast, you know I am just drenching in those West Coast vibes. I went to Golden Gate Park for the first time this past weekend, which all of us oh, as deadheads yeah. know or is very much a, uh, a staple of their history, present and future. Uh, and then I also had to skirt on over to 710 Ashbury Street and say what up to the Grateful Dead house where the band uh, kind of got their start. So it was super cool. Uh, not as welcoming to a deadhead such as myself. There were two young ladies on the stoop uh, and I was like, oh, hey, I'm a deadhead. And like, this is like a fucking, you know, Mecca for me. So I'm doing the thing. 
And they were just like, okay. And I was like, oh, do one of you guys live here? And one of them went, oh, my grandmother lives here. I was like, well, that's cool. Like, are you guys into the dead? Like, this is is a big deal. I'm like standing there like a goober in a a Jerry Garcia t-shirt with my boyfriend just being like, (laughs) you guys like the dead, right? You fucking live here. And they were just like, "Uh, not really. And I was like, well, is it the same on the inside? Like, you know, like, has there been renovations, whatever? They're like, yes, my grandmother remodeled it. And I was just like, well. All right, have a good day. <laughs> wow, you got but I got shut the picture. Down. I know, man. San Francisco, uh, it's an interesting uh San Francisco always has like the the core of like the psychedelic movement here and it never will go away. But I definitely think that was one of those like clearly these young these young ladies do not give a shit about the Grateful Dead. Um but no, they and they were not. like they were as nice. They were nice, but they were not very nice i feel like they could have been cooler they could have let me stand on the stoop which they did not um but overall i got the picture for instagram and that's the best i can i can hope for in such a situation amen amen it's all that matters you know it's all that really matters do it for the gram as they say the youth of san francisco will give you oh yeah that's all great you'll you'll win over the youth of san francisco in the popular vote i think so (laughs) Which Do reminds me, everybody no. vote. Yeah, which reminds me, everybody vote on November third, please. Oh yeah, at the top of the show, we have to give a PSA. Uh, you gotta vote. You gotta vote. You know, the other day I posted a little talk about Instagram. Uh, I posted a little something, something on my Instagram, being like, "Yo, seriously, you gotta vote. Like, don't fuck around here." And I was shocked because I live in a little New York bubble. Uh, I had all these people DMing me, being like, "Really? You think I should vote? Like, what? I don't want to vote. Like, all that shit. Like, for real." And I was like, "What? <laughs> uh, yeah. Who, yeah. who knew that was like a controversial thing? I feel like it's like voting is like I don't even know. I feel like it's like a it's a, it's a very like innocuous thing. I feel like you know, it's like I mean, it's, it's like getting your have, license renewed. Have. You know, it's like taking your driver's <laughs> test. Like, it's something everybody should do every you know x amount of years." Right, and I'm I'm not saying the two-party system is perfect. I'm not saying anything uh, along those lines, but it's what we got right now, and shit, like, you want four more years of this? Sorry, didn't mean to get partisan about it, but fuck, Jesus, my God. Yes, I did mean to get partisan about it. That is I- insane. Anyway, all I'm saying is, if you're listening to this, I'm not shaming you for not wanting to vote, except you gotta vote. So take that as you will. Uh, please, God, do do your part. Do your civil civic duty and uh you know you got to do it november 3rd just do it just register check your status go to headcount.org and check your status see where you're registered if you're registered it's so easy it takes two seconds now i'll get up my soapbox (laughs) and uh yeah dude yeah that's what we got yeah and i mean it's something that we can all agree on across the the you know, across the board of political spectrum is that we all love music and we had a hell of a week of music to talk about. Yes. Karina, the first thing we're going to dive right into it. You love fish. I love fish. We all love Trey. The first of the Beacon Jams happened this past Friday. Trey Anastasio doing eight live performances every Friday, consecutive Fridays, all the way through November 27th. This past Friday was the first. Uh, it was an exciting thing, Karina. Like we really didn't know what to expect and we had quite a few surprises. Yeah, and I feel like just last week we were talking about it and speculating and seeing what we thought. And and correct me if I'm wrong, Raph, because I have a uh, a little uh, goldfish memory over here. But I do recall us both being like, "Well, no, uh, you know, acoustic and electric. That you know, that that's just going to be solo tray, right? Regardless." Mm-hmm. 
and uh, obviously thrilled to, you know, could not have been more wrong, essentially. And that was so fucking cool, Raph. I really, first of all, seeing him with the band was amazing, and I did not see that coming. And honestly, it was so amazing how they flipped themselves around so they weren't facing the seats Mm -hmm. such that i mean you know obviously strange times strange to play to a bunch of empty seats but somehow that made just the room feel that much bigger so and it i don't know i I really added a cool dimension in my uh in my mind what about what say you were you yeah stoked Absolutely. I mean, you know, I was stoked regardless to have any live uh, fish, live, tr- you know, tray, pseudo fish experiences, you know, much needed in these uh, this dr- musical drought of ours. Uh, the flipped around thing that Karina was just referring to, the band was kind of facing backstage, if you can imagine. And behind them was all the empty seats of the beacon, which not to kind of, you know, salute uh, my beloved leader, but uh, it's Pete Shapiro. It's very much a Shapiro thing. Pete was involved in this, and I think kind of that over-the-top showmanship of, like, we're going to flip you guys around and have the empty beacon behind you and let everything lit up. And I don't know for sure if that was Pete's idea, but I feel like top to bottom that has his DNA all over it. Um, so I was very excited to see that. Uh, the backing band, you got Russ, Ray, Tony, and Ciro from... Tab immediately backing him. No horns from Tab, though. Uh, James, Natalie, and Jennifer all missing, but not necessarily for the rest of these runs. You get seven more shows ahead of us. Uh, Trey, in an interview with SiriusXM, had said a lot about um, the Beacon being very on top of quarantining rules. So obviously, you know, you're two weeks in a hotel room or wherever you want to spend them. But that doesn't necessarily mean that I know Natalie's on the West Coast. I think Jennifer lives in Tennessee, but don't hold me to that. So I think within the next couple weeks, we might have some horns in the equation. Um, And Karina, here to really, uh, we can get into the set list in a second, but to lob a real hypothetical, one of these Friday shows is going to fall on October 30th. So I am very curious if we might get some sort of a fish show on 1030, and this might be our pseudo Halloween show. Uh, what, What do you think about that? I mean, the band could, you know, like I said, two weeks before Halloween, which would kind of be now-ish, um, or soon, kind of quarantine, come into New York, and then potentially we'll get a fish show on the 30th? Well, I love it. And, you know, this whole thing has kind of exceeded my expectations. You know, I thought in the beginning I was like, oh, this whole thing's a hoax. And then I was like, oh, no, it's happening. And I was like, oh, it's going to be solo tray. Oh, no, it's a it's a band, you know. <laughs> so now I feel like I'm just going to raise my expectations just slightly to match uh, the glory that <laughs> Trey is throwing down for us. Yeah, I think uh, I, I would love to see it, obviously. And uh, I think that's not the craziest thing you've ever said, Rap. I really do think I've, that. But you know, I have said crazy shit, so. Well, and you and me both. <laughs> but I uh, I think that that's not a terrible call at all. And, I, you know, I, I am always kind of like, you know, if you have low expectations, everything is a blast. And that's kind of uh, what I've set my life around. <laughs> and everything has always been amazing. So I never am like, oh, yeah, it's going to be like the sickest fucking fish show (laughs) you know what I mean like I'm never anyway and then my expectations are always wildly blown out of the water and I'm like holy shit that really was fucking amazing um so yeah let's let's go for that let's go for uh setting the bar a little higher maybe maybe it'll happen who's to say I like speculating with you though Raph and it's, it's especially important in these turbulent times 
to really just let the imagination run wild because <laughs> uh, the day-to-day is less uh, exploratory and less, you know, whimsical than it once was, in, at least in my book. But, you know, yeah, well, that's I not mean, to say it's bad, but you know what I mean. That, that speculation you're talking about, I do think, gives me a sense of normalcy and maybe yourself as well, where like, you know, oh shit, Trey's playing a bunch of live shows. Because right now, I mean, if it was normal times, I would be speculating about what, you know, uh, what album the band was going to cover or a new album or new music or anything in Las Vegas. I, you know, probably would have my tickets to Vegas to see Fish booked already. But uh, yeah, the speculation certainly gives a little sense of normalcy. Um, Just diving into the set list quick here, Karina, uh, from October 9th, Trey at the Beacon, we opened with Corona which was a very wink-wink, nudge-nudge opener. Um, really hot take here. I thought the beginning of the set was a little choppy, um, having uh, Corona and then Blaze On, and then the track I Never Left Home, but then Soul Planet. So I felt like it was a little whiplashy, back and forth, back and forth. I don't know if you feel the same way. But I thought Trey really found his groove on Shade, which I feel like is a really beautiful song. Other highlights for me is I thought the Everything's Right jam was great. I thought the Sand jam was great. Um... I thought the stash that uh, Trey did uh, was really kind of like stripped down and super cool with Jeff Tansky on keys, who I'm not really familiar with, but I know has collaborated with Trey before. Um, Karina, what's your take on all this? Do you know who Jeff Tansky is? I mean, he was a, he yeah. sat in on keys. Well, and Trey, like during the stream, introduced him. You know, he worked on Hands on a Hard Body, and he's worked on Petrichor for the stunt and whatnot. Like they, they're longtime pals and collaborators, and he's clearly a brilliant musician and has a great mind for all of this stuff and bringing it to life and whatnot. Um, he killed it. This was, I mean, I didn't all. You know, I will admit, I did not watch the entire thing. I was a little busy, but I. Uh, the parts that I did watch, I thought, you know, throughout this entire time, I think it was, you know, cream rises, and this was the cream of the crop, if you will, of, you know, what we've had streaming-wise uh, this entire pandemic. So, if, for what that's worth, uh, hats off to Trey and the fellas and Jeff. They did an amazing job. They really, really sounded so great and so cohesive, and, you know, it's... It just looked cinematically beautiful to mm-hmm. me. I think, you know, and uh, as you say, Shapiro's, you know, fingerprints were all over it. And, you know, all, all hail <laughs> the man. He's a, he's a brilliant man. We, uh, you know, we are uh, obviously a little biased, but uh, wouldn't be the first people to, uh, to you know, recognize the genius. And uh, I think it's, I'm so looking forward to the next few weeks, dude. Exactly. So uh, tune in to the Beacon Jams every Friday. Uh, It's going to be on Trey's Twitch channel. Uh, So you go to twitch.tv, I believe, slash Trey Anastasio. But just Google the Beacon Jams and you'll find it every Friday, 8 p.m. Eastern. Good times, live music. Who could hate it? Um, But speaking of hating... Karina, our second story of the week, Mr. David Crosby is in hot water because he's got those Twitter fingers going. He had an interesting take on the passing of Eddie Van Halen. If you listened to last week's episode, Karina and I found out in real time about Eddie's passing. Uh, We recorded last Tuesday, so it was about a week ago today. Uh, So Cros got on Twitter and basically someone had asked him what he thought about Eddie Van Halen. And he said, meh, M-E-H, which kind of set off a lot of fans kind of saying how could you possibly think that about someone as revolutionary as EVH uh and then Cross responded to that again kind of saying that whereas Hendrix changed the world I'm quoting Cross here whereas Hendrix changed the world of guitar uh you know 
nobody else really did that. Eddie was talented, but he doesn't really care about him. He wasn't, doesn't mean he wasn't good. He just wasn't for me. That's Cross saying that. Karina, you sure. as someone who's got a foot in the jam world and or the rock, you know, classic rock world, as well as like the kind of metal hard rock world, uh, what, help me mediate what's happening here. Well, yeah. first of all, thanks. Um, I love having a foot everywhere. Do I? That's sick. Um, <laughs> but no, to me, to well, as as became revealed last week on the podcast and for those of you who didn't hear that and you know now that I can you know cohesively kind of put my thoughts together I I am I'm a huge Van Halen fan Van Halen to me and not just you know I'm not one of these bandwagoners who like you know after Eddie died you know went and listened to the first five records for the first time and they're like oh wow he really was good no like this shit really did shape how I play my childhood my teenagerhood, you know, this was this was huge for me. So that's number one. But th- what this really does say to me, Raph, in more ways than one, is like, you know, how subjective is music? You know, it's the most subjective thing. And as a creator of music and somebody who's perhaps to a fault, like often concerned about what people will think and mm-hmm. who I'm appealing to and how and, and you know, why and you know, honestly, being, uh, you know, kind of, you know, spanning genres to a fault and being like, oh, well, you know, the jam people might like this and, you know, the indie people won't. And then, oh, indie people will like this, psych people won't. Or, you know what I mean? Like all that stuff. So to me, to see a guy like David Crosby, who obviously I have endless respect for as well as a musician and, you know, what an incredible output of music that that man, you know, has been a part of, he is allowed to like what he likes and be moved by what moves him just like the rest of us are. And I think it's so important that, like, you know, it it's just kind of a sobering thought to me, at least, that, like, of course, I think perhaps a little insensitive given, uh, you know, the, the time, the, how recently evh had passed when he was like eh, meh yeah but exactly <laughs> that's not cool at all like you know come on let's let's get that together having said that i mean it's just a it's a sobering thought where it's like okay this guy obviously you know made some incredible music and has you know his tastes and his things that move him and van halen the insanely virtuosic you know genre changing instrument changing you know things that they did uh didn't do anything for them and you know what that's a shame to me because there's a lot to like there but that's fine and it's just a good reminder to me personally that like not everybody's gonna like your shit even if your shit is as fucking dope as van halen like it's true yeah that's honestly a great point yeah and and if the listener is david crosby he's like oh yeah no pass i'm like wait what like I would think that you're even, of course, you know, the the, the folk and harmony-laden uh, acoustic stylings of David Crosby, of course, you know, theoretically don't mesh that great with the ah! David Lee Roth <laughs> and Alex Van Halen and Michael Anthony and fucking Eddie and whatnot. Of course, it's uh, we are, you know, theoretically looking at apples and oranges, but I would just think that a creator of that scale could have ears big enough to appreciate at the very least 
the genius of it. But anyway, that's that's my real takeaway from this. Having said all that, yeah, too soon, bro. Come on now. <laughs> Fucking he died. Like, you know, give a little something, a little something for the people. I think, what do you uh, make of this? I, th- I think it's also very much this like, and this is also coming from kind of like the writing of the, like, you know, covering news at Relics where there's kind of the social social media age has kind of birthed this phenomenon of like whenever any musician of a certain stat- stature dies, all the other musicians kind of on their level kind of pen uh, kind of a little eulogy type thing. And it happened with Eddie. It happened when we lost uh, Toots not that long ago. Um, everybody kind of writes a few words about, you know, what that artist meant to them. Uh, and I do think maybe this is kind of like a, a Crosby not grasping it's almost like say something nice or don't say anything at all type of thing. Plus, like, you know, journalists like myself are looking for, you know, the headline of, you know, X, Y, and Z memorialize Eddie Van Halen, you know? So David Lee Roth so- wrote something. Sammy Hagar wrote something. Warren Haynes is very good at these. Uh, he often writes paragraph upon paragraph whenever we lose anybody of what their music meant to him. Uh, and I think Cross just kind of missed the point <laughs> um, where like this it's you're basically putting out a press release. What social media is the new publicist, you know? So when sure. Toots Hibbert dies, when Eddie Van Halen dies, you know, Warren Haynes is essentially putting out a press release of I saw that this person died and here's my take on this person's influence. So writers like myself can then take that and then write an article about it. Um so it's interesting that, you know, Crosby completely missed the mark. And if he even has a publicist or a manager, which I feel like he must not or has someone who's kind of hands off. Cross is going to cross. He's going to do whatever he wants. He's, you know, this is of all the hot takes Crosby's had. This is pretty, pretty simmering low compared. But uh, <laughs> it's it's interesting to just be like, yeah, dude, like say something nice or don't say anything at all. Like, you know, we did we could have done without you kind of throwing aside the legacy of Eddie Van Halen. But anyway. Sure. But uh, but at the same time, like, you know, just playing devil's advocate here, like, you know, he's crossed. He's old as hell. He has all these hot takes all the time, and he's going to be the last guy to pander to what, you know, social media norms have become, uh, you know, to fruition in the last 10 years. You know what I mean? So, like, it's so funny to see that guy on Twitter, regardless, talking shit, talking about anything you're just like whoa david crosby on twitter all right so like you know maybe it just goes with his vibe a little bit of being a crotchety uh cross yeah <laughs> i mean love him or hate him he's got a good twitter feed um he definitely keeps, you gotta keeps you entertained he rates people's joints people send him pictures of spliffs and joints that they've rolled and he like rates them as good or bad um he's got an interesting social media voice which i guess you can't hate <laughs> Sure. So you gotta, yeah. I mean, it's such a weird, weird time to be alive with all that. It's like, oh, well, I should say a few words about this person who passed, though I didn't know them, though perhaps they may, you know what I mean? Like, do I repost this? Do I not repost that? Do I say this? Do I not say that? Have I said too much? Do I say nothing at all? Does silence speak, uh, you know, volumes, etc.? It's just hard to it's hard to navigate as a, you know, 20-something, let alone how fucking old is David Crosby? Like, 74 i don't know like it's it's intense so i'm just i'm playing devil's advocate here even though you know i stand on the legacy uh on the side of the legacy of van halen so of course van halen rules csny rules who says you can't love both uh, you gotta love on, both you gotta love them. 
Absolutely. Moving on to our third story, uh, Connecticut South Farms has been issued a cease and desist to end concerts this year. Uh, You've probably heard of South Farms, especially if you're a music lover in the Northeast. They've been kind of keeping live music alive. They put up shows by Warren Haynes. They put on shows by Twiddle, uh, Pigeons Playing Ping Pong. Goose played a couple of really memorable shows there recently. Um, But it seems that come February 1st, they have officially been barred from their local government from playing uh from offering live music apparently from a technicality of zoning laws karina so let's really get into the the uh, the red tape here they are zoned for weddings and not for live music and apparently the local government there is not happy at all which you think that they'd be stoked that their local economy economy would be stimulated but maybe it's more trouble than it's worth that is fascinating. Yeah, I mean, God, what <laughs> what a tough time to be a person trying to put on or play a show, man. It's just so insane. You know, you're bending over backwards, putting people in pods, you know, keeping them distant from one another, going above and beyond to try and mitigate all the rules and regulations so that people could have a little bit of a taste of their old lives. And then they get shut down by the zoning commission like that's so intense oh my god but yeah i mean even in the very brief time that they've been operational i feel like they've had quite a few events at least for you know those of us here in the northeast like you know so many i have yet to go but so many of my friends have gone you know to see as you say warren haynes and goose and pigeons and twiddle and etc etc it's uh it kind of seemed like it was becoming a bit of a hub no yeah, absolutely. It, w- it was a hot spot. Like, I mean, in a good way. I feel like the hot spot is a bad phrase to throw around now in COVID. <laughs> but it was a uh, a cultural center for a hot second, especially in, you know, the jam world. Uh, and whoever was booking those shows was doing a phenomenal job and really had their finger on the pulse and were booking fantastic acts who wanted to play and were drawing crowds and selling out. As far as I know, there wasn't any outbreaks there. People were being responsible. People were kind of, you know washing their hands and socially distancing accordingly um and you know i never read anything about drunk driving or anything like that i mean all of that being said i'm not 100 percent sure but it seemed like it was very successful in making money and allowing people to kind of get their wiggles out uh shout out to my roommate sarah and my friend connor they went to one of the goose shows there uh and had a had a blast and were able to for a split second you know get that feeling of community that we all miss so much with live music being gone so it's really a shame I mean it's really it's just so strange to me that anybody would be against it and I do understand the whole zoning thing um but you know we live in extreme times and I feel like you know not a bad time to be throwing out some exceptions to the rule but uh I don't know We, we know wooks can be troublemakers too so maybe people were causing a little bit of trouble out there there's definitely that, uh, but who's to say, man? I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It's just such a, it's again, it's such a tough time to be trying to do something along these lines. And, you know, shout out to them for putting on a few seemingly very successful concerts. I, too, had friends going to the Goose shows, and uh, those specifically, everybody was like, wow, they were so well you know, contained and, you know, orchestrated, and people were well behaved, and et cetera, et cetera. So, Who's to say how true that is? I wasn't there, but I mean, that's a little bit of hearsay for you. And man, we've been innovating so much. The musicians, the creators, the promoters, people are putting on shows in Long Island City on the back of a pickup truck. Like what? Like, it's just, it's wild. And 
oh, Raph, when can we just like go and like, you know, buy a ticket, go walk in the door, grab a drink at the bar, post up, see the concert, have fun, leave, get a slice of pizza, <laughs> go to bed. You know what I'm saying? Is that oh. crazy? Oh. And on that on that lovely daydream. <laughs> I feel uh-huh. <laughs> we have almost come to the end of our road, Karina. Um, I want to remind everybody to subscribe to Relics Magazine at relics.com slash united. Uh, we have Ben Harper and Rhiannon Giddens on the cover. So if you head to that URL, relics.com slash united, you can get that one as your first. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at three from the seven. You can shoot Karina and myself an email at raffandkarina at gmail.com. Uh, if you've heard of any music in the Northeast, uh, places like South Farms that are popping up, let us know. I mean, I'm curious. Uh, certainly a void will be open now with South Farms being closed in the beginning of February. But then again, it's usually cold as shit um, in February in the Northeast. <laughs> so maybe North, then maybe outdoor shows are going to take a little bit of a hiatus like the rest of us. Three from the Seven is brought to you by Relics Media Group. Our producer is Will Schwerd. Our audio engineer is Claire Green. And Karina, my friend, my comrade, my podcaster in arms, I will throw it to you for a final farewell. Make sure everybody go listen to Karina's single, Dirty South. It comes out this Friday. Stream it. Pre-save it on Spotify. All that good stuff. KR, tell them goodbye. Oh, baby. Thank you, Raph. You're too kind. Uh... This has been great, everybody. We hope you're doing all right out there. Raph, I can't wait till you come home from the West Coast beauty to uh, record a podcast with me in my new studio (laughs) at a safe distance with masks. Who knows? What's the deal? Maybe by then, uh, you know, things will be different. I don't know. It's just so hard to tell. I really wish you all just the best on this lovely Wednesday. Because we record on Tuesday, but I know you're listening on Wednesday. All right, y'all. Keep it surreal. Don't do anything I wouldn't do. Short list. And uh, see you next week.